Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. My teaching is part two entitled Submission. My text is taken from Ephesians 5 from verse 21 to 31 and I read, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Amen. So I paused the teaching last week on the role and responsibilities of the man of God. And for those of you who did not hear the teaching last week, let me briefly recap. The teaching was about Apostle Paul's epistle to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 5 above that I've just read. So it appears there was extensive immoral problems going on out there um, within the church at Ephesus. Submission being one of the key issues on rampage within the church. They had marriage problems, sexual immorality problems, impurity problems, problems with greed, etc. So Apostle Paul wrote an epistle and called on the wives first to submit themselves to their own husbands as they do to the Lord. He said in verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husband in everything. So in my highlights, my high points last week, I bring it to the attention of the listener, the children of God, that Apostle Paul's call of submission to the wives of the house, firstly, um, was for a godly request to them, for the wives to submit themselves to their Papa God. The call of submission was for the wives to meet for fellowship and worship with Papa God. It was a submission of reverence. Yes, the request Apostle Paul sent to them, 
It was a submission of reverence for rededication, for consecration, reconsecration, concentration, obedience, commitment, focus, and devotion to their Papa God. This was what was necessary and would eventually quell and crush and subdue the problems that plagued the church um, and, and, and that the church was experiencing in Ephesus. So the call for wives to submit to their husband in all things was so the wives would, would teach the wives as older women would, would teach the younger women how to submit to their husbands. Because it is only when you have a personal relationship with Papa God, only when you, 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 you would be then qualified as older women or women who are experienced in, in devotion and consecration and obligation and dedication and commitment in leading the call to their Papa God. So age was not really older was not really pertaining to do with an age. Age older um, is to do with how experienced you are, is your relationship with your God, with Papa God. So um, you would be then qualified as older women or women who are experienced in, in devotion and consecration and obedience and obligation and dedication and commitment in leading the call to their Papa God. You would be a wife who is experienced and mature in keeping the faith, a wife who knows what to do if there is a problem. And that is last week I was saying, pointing out to you, I was highlighting that Apostle Paul didn't write to the ladies of the church. He called upon the wives Yes, he called upon the wives of the church because, because the wife is, is calling upon the experience and the mature in keeping the faith. A wife who knows what to do if there is a problem. A wife who knows how to keep judgment and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. So the main purpose for Apostle Paul's epistle was verse 25. He said, husbands, in, 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 in calling on the wife to submit themselves, he, he, he made attention. Yes, his main teaching was verse 25, begins from verse 25. He said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So my question, sir, have you got what it takes or have you got the capabilities to love your wife as Christ loved the church? Of course you do. But Pastor Sandra, how can this be when I haven't got a faith? Apostle Paul was writing to ministers in the church. I'm not in the church and I'm not a minister. I just knew you would come to me with this question. I am not a minister and I'm not in the church. Hear this man of God. My teaching is to married men. You are not exempt from the request Apostle Paul asked 
in verse 25. He said, husbands, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The word husband is a title that is given to a man that is married to a woman. And I like the statement, husband, and husband loves your wife. Love your wife is the institution and foundation Papa God created for a man to express his love to his wife. So it doesn't matter who you are. You don't need to have a title to answer Apostle Paul's question. You don't need to have a title. Minister or no minister. Christian, Jew, Gentile, black, white, pink, green, yellow, religion, affiliation, association, organization, orientation. If you're married, he's calling on you, husband, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So you might be thinking that request applies to church people. After all, Apostle Paul was writing to ministers in the church. I'm not a church member. You are wrong, sir. If that is how you're thinking, you better rewind and come again. You were created in the image of God. You are a little God. And everything Jesus died and paid for lives on the inside of you. Doesn't matter who you are. You just need to come into faith. And that is why Apostle Paul called the institution of marriage a mystery. A mystery. So you just need to come into faith. He's not looking at your title. He's not looking whether you go to church or outside of church or whether you're a minister or whether you wear the long garments. No, he's calling upon the husband. This is why he, he, Apostle Paul called the institution of marriage a mystery. Mystery means the unknown. Nobody knows the institution better than God. The institution of marriage was created by Papa God and it is beautiful. It is heaven on earth and there is no fault with the institution if you do it God's way. I repeat, there is no fault with the institution of marriage, if you do it God's way. Marriage is a mystery. Mystery means you cannot use head knowledge to resolve it. It's not a puzzle. It's not a maze. It's not, it's not a crossword word puzzle. Fault came in man. Fault came when man disobey God's will. That fault was within man, not the institution itself. There's no fault with the institution. Fault is with man when man disobey God's will. Man commit mass treason against God's instruction and the resolve cannot be resolute by a certificate or a degree or a PhD or a diploma or man's opinion and man's view man's estimation, man's wisdom. Listen to man's wisdom in Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree 
And I hate it. When God asks him, where art thou, Adam? And who told you you were naked? This is how Adam responds. He didn't reply in the spirit. He replied like a man. He said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Not true, Mr. Adam. This was Adam, Adam shirking his responsibilities. He was afraid to tell his wife what God said regarding eating fruit from a particular tree in the garden that God instructed them not to eat from. So you might feel that you're not capable and are exempt from the request and call in verse 25. Well, if that is you, sir, there is a template for you. There is a template for everyone. Whichever way you're going to twist it, there is a template for you. If you're saying that template um, that Apostle Paul called to in um, verse 25, well, there's tw verse 27. He said, okay, you can use this template then. He said, he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hate their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. So this template does not apply to the man of God alone. It applies to all men. Doesn't matter who you are. Minister of religion? No minister? A Christian? A Jew? A non-Christian? Gentile? Black? White? Pink? Green? Yellow? Religious? Association, if you are from one, organization, relationship, orientation. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one, Apostle Paul says, ever hated their own body, but they feel and care for their own body, just as Christ does the church. So this is what Papa God expects from you. Amen. This is what Papa God expects from you. And he says in verse 25. Yes? So if you're saying that verse 25, verse 25 doesn't apply to you. Yes? Um, where Apostle Paul is calling out for you to love your wife. This bit applies to you. Verse 27. He who loves his wife loves himself. Yes, and 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 uh, and this um, applies to not the man of God alone. It applies to all men. So this is what Papa God expects from you. He expects the husband to love his wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Verse twenty six to make her holy. Making her holy starts from the things she sees in you, sir. What she sees in you is how she will react. How she reacts will determine the things that will come out of her mouth and her treatment towards you and her reverence, how much she will revere you. That is what will make her to be holy. Holy means consecrated, sanctified, blessed, 
divine. That is how the, the wife will react because she's a natural submitter. You don't have to ask her to submit. This is what will cause submission. When she looks at you, when she looks at you, and, 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 uh, and she will begin to, to start holiness when she looks at, at the things she sees in you. What she sees in you, sir, is how she will react. How she reacts will determine the things that will come out of her mouth. And that is what will make her be holy. Holy means consecrated. It will consecrate her, sanctify, bless her. Apostle Paul said, he said, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. In other words, Speak beautiful things to her, sir. Spiritually, tell her how much she is loved by God. That God ordained her for you. And that, it, that is what completes her. It completes you. Tell her how you admire her godly morals. And the way she prays. And the way she is training up your children. Tell her she finishes your search for looking. Tell her she is beautiful. She is attractive. She's appealing. She's intelligent. She's smart. She's multi-talented. She's witty. She fulfills all your needs. There is never a dull moment with, with, with her. She is the mother of your beautiful children, if you have children. And if you don't have children yet, you know what to say to her, sir. You know how to put it. She is the apple of your eye. She is the milk in your coffee. Tell her you can't wait to come home to her. Verse 27. And to present, Apostle Paul says, to the church in Ephesus, you must present your wife to yourself as a radiant church and to Papa God as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. This is what God expects your wife, which is uh, 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 symbolic of the church, to, to, to look like. Yeah, you have to start with the wife first. And he said, he said, in other words, she must not be presented to Papa God and Papa God here beating coming out of her mouth or she has been headbutted by yourself or she's suffering bruises, depression, oppression, Cruelty because of the way you're treating her, bullying her. Uh, she's hungry, hurt, black eyes, she's sidelined and, 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 um, and suffering. Broken arms, she's emaciated, uh, she's pinched, gaunt, she's in distress. You must present her as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle. Or any blemish, but holy and blameless. This is how you must present her. And if you present her, this is the manner Papa God is expecting you to present her. And she'll naturally submit. So I'm going to close and come back next week with part three. Part three.
part three. Thank you, Papa God, for this wonderful teaching. I pray for the kind grace of God that you have given me through the Holy Spirit for unfolding the mystery of the institution of husband and his role and application to worship God first and next his wife. I pray the, uh, a prayer of blessing over the man of God, the precious man of God, the representative, the little lower God, and the representative, the representative of God, that you will strengthen him and uphold him with your mighty hand that will enable him to stand, and he will stand in the name of Jesus. You have made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to be ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and birds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swims the path of the sea you have put under him. Papa God, I pray that you will give this lovely man of God, your representative, the impetus, the motivation, the energy, strength, determination, willpower, fortitude, purpose, and grit to stand in the liberty that Christ has made him free in the mighty name of Jesus. So, children of God, I ask you to share this with your friends, with your families. Send it out to your neighbors and to everyone that you know so they can hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And God will bless you because there is someone out there who is in need of this information. The Bible said without knowledge, children will perish. So we don't want them to perish. We want them to have knowledge. Knowledge is freedom. Amen. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom. Knowledge is to take them out of darkness into marvelous light. Amen. So God bless you until I hear, until I see you again. In the next series, part three. God bless you, Pastor Sandra. Checking out. God bless.